I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine a year where it was a stormy day. I was sitting in my office smoking a cigarette when a dame walked in. Why she had the finest darn tootin' legs I'd on ever seen. I said, what are you coming in my office for? She said, my husband's been cheating on me. I said, that son of a bitch, I'm gonna find him. So I walked out onto the yeah. streets. I went, Sandra, Sandra, this is, this is far too long of an intro. What year is this, Sandra? Why, it's 1949. Hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. My name is Sandro Felcher. We're in the year 1949. I'm a noir detective. I got myself a hat, got myself an inner monologue, and I got some whiskey that I'm drinking. I'm giving it to the orphan. Whiskey here. What do you think of this this whiskey? Shit, fuck, cunt, and pussy. Well, the orphan is drunk. The orphan's already <laughs> drunk. And my God, it's wonderful day here. Where am I? I'm in Oklahoma, the most noir city ever to be around, and I'm walking around, I'm looking at people, I'm going to talk about the movie The Third Man, but i got to find my find my co-host, Zach, where? Now, where darn tootin' is he? I'm turning less and less noir the more I talk. Well, howdy there, partner. You sound like a rootin' tootin' noirian sort of detectin' fella. That's right, I'm just like a Dick Tracy, I'm just like a, a, a Sherlock Holmes. I'm a noir boy with a noir hat and a noir cigarette in my face. I don't know what noir means, but I agree to the rest of that statement. You certainly have all those things collected. Uh, noir just means, it just means dark. It just means dark. Technically, you should say the term film noir, which would refer to a dark film. But I am a normie, so I just say noir like most people who don't know what it means. I don't know what that means, but I know it is very bright and sunny out here. It's in fact lovely. There is zero rain in sight. We haven't had rains for weeks. It's a a very odd statement. It's like the middle of the day. It's 12 o'clock. It's literally the brightest hour of the day. That's right, it's quite a juxtaposition with all the bird chatter behind me like we're walking through a nice suburban neighborhood, but I, that, I, oh, I'm a noir boy with my noir hat. And that kid over there juggling plates. Oh, oh no. no. Orphan, you dumb little cunt. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, you bloobin' C-section. Oh, my. Now don't you call me that, or I'm going to send you back in time. You city folks sure have a mouth on you. Well, it's funny, funny you're out here. You look like some sort of detective person. That's right, I am. I'm really committed. I'm doing this voice the entire episode. I sure hope not. I got a bit of a mystery for you, Mr. Detective Man. Oh, I just had some whiskey, which means it's time for me to do a mystery. 
I mean, it's not really a mystery because it's been solved. And you oh. probably read about it on the newspaper because it's been literally all over. I don't read the news. I get my news from Facebook and I'm stuck in the past, so I don't get news. Once again, you're using words I don't understand. <laughs> but I'm going to move past that to pretend I'm a knowledgeable person. Right. Well, I'm uh, uh, Billy Match. That's when I met Billy Match, and that was the match that started the fire that was 1939. <laughs> 49, fuck. Billy Match. 49, 49. You gotta get those years right, man, otherwise you're gonna get confused. <laughs> I'm not really that important. What's important is my cow, you see. <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not really a historical figure. I don't really have a note in uh, history so much as my cow does. You're a cow. Now, when you say you're a cow, you mean your wife, don't you? Because you're just whoa, a boy from whoa, the 40s. Whoa, 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 You hate your wife. You killed her. That's what happened, isn't it? Jesus Christ. No, here's my wife. Hi, honey. Oh, my God. Wow. A happy family. That's the most disgusting thing I've ever seen is my time as a detective. Well, she has to clean up the plates you broke earlier, so, you know. <laughs> she's got a lot She's got a lot on her plate, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, back to my cow, which is a very famous cow. You've probably heard of her. Have I? It's uh, Grady. I don't know no Grady. I don't know no Grady. All I know is cigarettes and, and, and money and dames. That sounds like a pretty good life, but I could make it one better. I could tell you about Grady the cow. She's a famous cow. She's been in the, all the papers. You see, what happened was... We were helping her give birth to a calf, see? All right. And uh, once once that uh, business was over, she got loose. Oh, no. We had, her, we had her tied up for her own safety, you know, just so she didn't cause a ruckus. But she got loose. You see, she, she in a panic, she dove into uh, the only light source she could see at the time. Right. Which, unfortunately, was a small opening in my silo. Oh, no. So she got stuck. <laughs> oh, no, she got stuck in the silo. So she, she was stuck fast in there. She was stuck halfway. She was stuck in there. What am I going to do? Yep. So I put out an advertisement in the newspaper. Yep. Within a week, I had 5,400 letters and 700 telegraphs from people from all 45 states and Canada and Germany. My God. They were telling me to, like, lift Gertie out of the silo, uh, rig it a pole to swing her out the top of the silo, tunneling under the silo, yep. bringing an attractive bull to the opening to lure her out. Oh my god, that's a big one. About three days after this uh, sort of leap into this uh, hole, I got a call from a good friend of mine now. His name is Ralph Partridge. He, he supervised while we built a ramp from the floor of the silo to the opening. And we coded the ramp with axle grease. Oh no. And then we smeared Grandy with 10 pounds of axle grease. Oh no. And uh, then we pushed and uh, Grandy slid through the opening. We had veterinarians on site and they stated she had not been injured during the rescue. Wow. What a mystery, what a mystery. It does remind me of that one time a dame told me that she, her husband was stuck in the boot of a car. Yeah, go on. Why? I just shot him and I... Oh my god! Whoa! Hey, why do I feel like I've been talking for a while already now? Yeah, we were pretty far into the episode, that's right, that's right. Why, S Sandro, why are you talking like that? I'm a noir boy now, that's right. <laughs> I'm solving mysteries, I'm taking dames.
You're taking names? Yeah. You're not allowed to do that, Sandro. You can ask them out for, like, a lunch or a dinner. You cannot just take people. That is kidnapping. No, I, I, they become my clients. I solve a mystery, usually involving their dead husband. And then I, and then I take them. Again, you cannot kidnap people. That is, that is a crime. Right. I'm going to have to report you after this episode. No, I, well, that's the thing. I'm currently working on a mystery about where all these dames keep going. Oh, where are crap. they going? We probably should have gotten to this plot point by now. Where are oh they my going? God. Well, I've been taking them. That's where they're going. <laughs> oh, my God. Sandra, no. <laughs> Stop. All right. Well, that's the opening. Zach, hello. What? What? Tell me you're not kidnapping people. Sandra, tell me straight face right now. Look at me in the eye. Yep. Tell me you're not taking random women on the street. No, of course not. Of course I haven't been Jack the Ripper this whole time. Yeah, no. That would be crazy and a weird reason as to why Jack the Ripper could never be found was because it was actually Sandro yes. the whole time yes. who then teleported into the future so he could never be found. All right. Well, let's get into the bloody episode. We're reviewing The Third Man. It's a movie and it's a mystery. Orphan, what is it? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. That's right. That clip is back because we're reviewing we're reviewing a mystery film noir called The Third Man. Uh, we're going to do some non-spoilers then spoilers. First of all, I'd I'd say just watch this one actually. Go out and watch this one. Ooh. Mm. You you recommend watching this one? My first impressions are th- this is probably uh, the best film we've done since Captain Blood. I really wow. enjoyed this. I thought this wow. was excellent. I loved it. I was I was I was pulled into the world of fast talking and mysteries and <laughs> uh, fake outs and death and murder. Fuck yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? This movie was really fun. Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was really good, and it was a bit of a change of pace, doing the bit of the noir sort of thing. It did lose me a bit. It was hard to follow at times because there was a lot going on. This this movie's a little too smart for me, a little too big brain. But by the end, you know, like I sort of put the pieces together anyway. It didn't matter if I knew all the small details of everything because the movie sort of just progresses along. Yeah, you know what I mean. This this is one of those movies where you gotta you gotta listen to every single line. And if you're not, you'll be like, wait, what is going on in this scene? And then you got like rewind and you're like, yep. oh, that's what's going on. Like you've got to pay the most attention. If you if you if you if you want to if you want to do that, absolutely. I was fine with just like, okay, I'm missing a little piece of the puzzle here, but if you could continue on with the movie, it sort of like explains itself pretty well. Usually, yeah. Yeah. Uh there was a bit of German. That was a little hard to follow as I don't speak it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, well, like, there's German, but you're not meant to know what they're saying, because you're- No, no, yeah. no, you're not meant to know, but what are you- yeah, yeah, like, then it's kind of- it's just sort of implied what they're saying. It's it's part of the atmosphere, the mystery. Mm. It's these people talking together. I wonder, um, like, what interesting tidbits they were actually saying, and if you could get it translated, you would, you would get some, like, hints as to what was going on. That'd be pretty cool. That's true, actually, yeah, because the subtitles, they don't translate it, so you'd have to probably get, like, a fan-made subtitle thing. But, yeah, that would be really interesting. 
I really liked the characters in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, the, every every different person was a different personality and they were doing different things and it was like, oh, it was the who done it. Like what why is this person being shifty? What are what are they about? Why is this person being shifty? What are they doing about it? So the the story's a bit uh, you know, as most mysteries, it's a bit of a jumbled mess and the whole point of it is that you've got to unjumble the mess to figure out what's going on. Yeah. So for our format, it might not work as well, but... Oh, we're definitely not going to go through the plot of this movie, because that would take fucking hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think for anyone out there, if you like a mystery movie, this is a this is a, this is a nice little, little mystery, little shenanigans. It's good. If you... If you... Because, like, there's... there's and then there were none, which was a bit of a popcorn mystery. Yeah, I would say this one's a bit more of a, a bit more of a thinker's mystery. You got to have your big brain hat on for this one. I think I, I probably liked, and then there were none better. Yeah, it's fair than this movie because I think that was more my style of mystery. Mm. But this was a good movie. This is definitely a good movie. I think I like them both equally mm. now that I think about it. I mean, there's definitely comedy in this movie as well, and yeah, pro- yeah, pro- probably some uh, some harsher creative choices. Particularly the cinematography here mm. is, um, aside from like Hitchcock movies, this is the only film that I can think of from the 40s that uses Dutch angles. Like, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I think yeah, I liked this one maybe a little bit more than the Agatha Christie one because it's just the mystery isn't necessarily as good because like it is a mystery but it's not really a solvable mystery i don't think it's possible to solve this one yeah before everything's revealed maybe it's maybe but you're kind of like always a step behind everyone as you're following around the dumb american main character who's just really dumb and doesn't yeah but to be fair the agatha christie one also had that problem right yeah where it was like at the end things were explained and it's like Oh, everything clicks after that, but you had to know those things for everything to click, right? I remember you or you had that specific problem with the movie where it was like there was no way of really figuring out to the very end there, and maybe in the books it's better. And I think as a format, mysteries work better as books. Yep. Uh, purely because of the detail you can hide in the pages, right? Yes. And then it, people can be smart and they can, like, find these small details and then they can pitch it together. Whereas in a movie, it's much harder to cram lots of detail in unless you split one book into, like, three movies and then add lots of extra crap into it you should for never no fucking do that. reason. You should never do that, though. That's the problem. You should never do that. Yeah, that would ruin my favorite book of all time. Well, pick um, a better favorite book. No, I don't know. I wow! 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 It's a wow. good book. I don't know why I'm making fun of The Hobbit. It's a good book. <laughs> I've got it. Like it's li- literally right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, like some things that I really liked about this movie. I like how it's kind of a snapshot as well of post World War Two Vienna. Yeah, yeah. The atmosphere and the 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 sort of background shenanigans going on is very cool. I was like, oh shit, shit's going down. Yeah, I think it's all shot on location, so you've got like beautiful long shots of just this this empty city all out was really cool for some reason this movie is like shot through like some dutch angles and stuff which is it's the first time that i think we've seen slightly different cinematography this year because you've got the the camera but it's tilted yeah and and my brain went 
oh my god, <laughs> that's so different to what we've been seeing all year. Yep. <laughs> and it's just it's just a tilted camera. Yep. Absolutely. It makes it a hundred times better, I agree. And an- another thing that makes it a hundred times better is um, the 90s sitcom soundtrack that <laughs> soundtracks this entire movie, which is amazing. So it's by a guy called Anton Karras. He's a zither? Is it zither or zither, the string instrument? I don't know how you pronounce it. I don't know either. You're, you've lost me. Anyway, it's an instrument, and the soundtrack is entirely soundtracked by that. It sounds like wow. it sounds like Kirby, your enthusiasm. It sounds like it's always sunny and filler. It, it, it's just it sounds like a sitcom, and mm. this soundtrack kicks in whenever there's an action scene, and it's it, mm. it just makes the movie feel very different. And I think maybe that's why I liked this film so much because I was like, oh, this thing's being a bit different. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got your different camera angles, your different music, your different style, your different story. Yeah. It all felt very different to you. And I agree. It, it also felt very different to me. But um, it wasn't bad different. No. It was, it was good. It's directed by Carol Reed, who is probably best known for directing the 60s version of Oliver Twist, just called Oliver. So you got him. He's pretty good. The actors are all fantastic. I really liked them. Um, mm. Joseph Cotton as Holly Martin, an American. He's an American writer, and he's come to Vienna, and he's he's solving a mystery. Yep. He's, he's like, specifically a mystery writer, isn't he? He's yes. ri- He's written mysteries. But, like, Western mysteries, so it would be the equivalent of, like, a comic book writer nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, yeah. He write he writes westerns, which makes him specifically yeah like a comic book writer. Um, yeah, he's not very well respected. Only one person in the entire city has read his books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but everybody talks about him being this writer. Yeah, but only one person has actually read his books. He does go to that like book uh, con thing. Oh, that was such a funny scene. That was so funny. That was that was very stupid. Where yeah, uh, spoiler. Uh, everybody gets bored and leaves. Yeah, because he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's like this, like, oh, we're very, we're an uppity book club. We only read War and Peace and by Tolstoy. We we only read the fancy stuff. And he's like, I like writing action that makes your brain go vroom vroom. <laughs> and then they're all like, <laughs> it's just very entertaining. It was it's a good very scene. Amusing. The comedy in this movie is great it feels yeah. i don't know it's like a nice it's like a nice reprise from just how fucking sad this movie is a lot of the time oh yeah yeah because you've got the other side of the coin where it's like pretty brutal yeah because you've got this whole like post-war society where you've got like the russian side of things and the police officers can't do anything about all this crime that's going on. Yeah, the city is split into quarters, and you've got, like, the American quarter, the Russian quarter, the German quarter, and I can't remember what the other quarter was. I think there was a US quarter, wasn't there? Oh, maybe it might have been an American quarter, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I loved the uh, the cop guy as well. well there's, oh, like, yeah. There's two cop guys, but there's the serious one, Major Calloway. He's great. And then also yeah. Sergeant Payne. He's a bit of a lovely cop. Oh, Sergeant Payne. What a, what a lovely guy. He punches you in the face and then put, apologizes about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. He, he's going to order your books up so he can read them. He's like, oh, that book sounds fantastic. Oh, I hope you're having a good day. Well, you have a good day now. Anyway, yeah, he's the good cop. And then you got the serious colonel. Who's running amok, but also uh, fucking things up. But also, 
actually good guy though, actually helpful, but actually fucking things up, but actually can be helpful. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really, it's just, it's just good. It's just a great, it's just a great movie. I just, yeah. just I, I, I don't know if there's anything else that we can say in non-spoilers. Oh, there's. I'd say, I'd say it's a bit long. Yeah, okay. I'd say it's a bit long, but maybe that was just like, uh, you know, the these days, these days, these movies are getting too long. I can't. My attention span doesn't last more than 30-second TikToks, you know? I mean, it's only an hour 45 minutes, but that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, like, may- maybe I'm just saying that because I'm used to saying that all these movies are long, and maybe I should just get a better attention span, but, uh... uh I'm 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 f- I'm fishing for criticism here, and if I'm fishing for it, you know, it's probably a good movie. I think it's pretty well paced. I, there's nothing here that I would cut. It, maybe I'd add more. I don't. I I think it's the perfect length. I can't think of anything. But but also, yeah. it is a very dense movie. So if you're used to like not watching movies that make your brain go boom boom. No, I hate that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like the masterpieces that are any Michael Bay films. Yeah. Um, it is a pretty dense movie, though, so it does feel quite heavy. And I guess that could probably make it feel long as well, because you're like always paying attention, so your brain gets tired. Uh, absolutely. You see, what it needed was right underneath the movie was a stream of Minecraft parkour <laughs> gameplay. That's exactly going, what this movie needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, it would have had my full attention throughout. Or or maybe some <laughs> weird racetrack game that uh, was just yeah. going around. Or or on the left of it, uh, so so while that gameplay is underneath it, let's say Minecraft's down the bottom. Yeah. Uh, racing games up above. On the left of it is some I- random influencer that you've never heard of just nodding their head and pointing. Nodding their head and pointing. Or maybe like a sand pouring video on loop. Yeah, yeah, that could go on the other side. That oh, could okay. go on the other, the other side. side. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. There we go. Excellent. So you got the left, you got the weird influencer just pointing at bits. And then on the other side, there's like pouring sand into uh, goo. Yeah. Like sticky goo, and then they pulling out, and you can see the sand in the goo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, we've just made it a, a million times better. We made it better. We're gonna ship it out to cinemas. It'll be playing uh, in your local cinema. You can go see Oppenheimer, go see Barbie, and then watch our version of the Third Man. Yep, uh, complete with TikTok frames. <laughs> TikTok frames. Um, oh fuck. God, I hate the internet. Actually, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, uh, I rated Goody. Yeah. I probably didn't enjoy it as much as you, but I thought it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Goody too. I think you're right. I forgot about how much I loved and then there were none. So I think it's probably on par with that and Captain Blood. Because uh, I think those are some of my favorite movies from recent memory. Absolutely, absolutely. I'd put it probably a little lower than them, but only a little bit. I'm playing a little devil's advocate here, you know, as I tend to do. I just tend to argue with people because I'm a, I'm a rat bastard. But, like, you, you know, I still enjoy the film. I, I like, I, I feel like I'm sounding very negative out, about this film. But I think people should go watch this film. If you like a good mystery film, this is a fun Fun little mystery film. Fun little mystery film. It's pretty influential. I mean, like, Hitchcock was already doing some of the stuff that we're seeing creatively-wise here, but also... Yeah. It's one of the first non-Hitchcock movies to be popular for doing that sort of stuff. So I say, check it. 
Check it out. Uh, it's a good film. If you like British accents and American accents and Russian accents and German, ooh, give it a bloody watch and tell you that much. Also, Orson Welles is in it, but we can't talk about that because it's a spoiler. But he's good. Oh. Well, that weird break right there in the middle of a sentence means that it's time for a podcast ad by me, Selly McSeller. And I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh gosh, I love Nicolas Cage and I want Sandro and Zach to talk about Nicolas Cage. And that's what they're doing right now on the product I'm about to sell you. It's called Patreon. There's bonus episodes. They're doing a K-drama right now and they talk about the Nick Cage movie, Mom and Dad, here's a clip. The mom is going through a midlife crisis by questioning things, but uh, the dad... Uh, he built a pool table without telling yeah. the wife about it. He, he is starting a man cave, yeah, essentially. In the basement. And then she's like, why the fuck? You don't even like pool. And then he's like, you're right. You're right. I don't. And then he gets a sledgehammer and he's like, you put your one, you put foot, one foot in. in. <laughs> you put your one foot out. Shake it all about. And then he's like smashes the pool table with a sledgehammer. I I doubt that was in the I doubt the hokey <laughs> oh, pokey yeah, yeah, was yeah, in the yeah. script. I, sure. That was full Nick Cage just coming through. I know what you're thinking. Wow, that clip was really cool. I want to hear the whole episode. And you can by going over to patreon.com forward slash oldie with a goodie pod and subscribing. You also get ad-free episodes and, and sometimes they're early too. That's all Patreon. Link in the description. I'm Sally McSeller. Yeehaw! But two goodies for the third man. Let's bloody get into spoilers. Oh my god. I can't believe the big spoiler in this movie. Oh my goodness me. There's a third man. What? Oh my god. We should talk about the premise. We should talk about the premise. So, so yeah. we've got the American. He's a writer. He's been invited to Vienna because his childhood friend, Mr. Harry Lime. I love their names in this. Big piece of shit. But oh no, he's dead. Yeah, I uh, I hate Harry Lime. I think Harry Lime's a piece of shit. But anyway, continue on. The character? The character, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Correct, you're, you're meant to think that, I think, actually. So. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, fuck him. I'm just going to throw it out now. Like, I I am the, the incarnation of the audience, and I'm going, fuck that guy. What a piece <laughs> of shit. I'll do a speed run of, like, the general plot. It'll take, like, two minutes, I think. Because, like, Holly Martins is like, oh, my God, my childhood friend is dead. I'm going to do some mystery searching. He goes around. He talks to a bunch of people, including Harry Lime's girlfriend, which is Anna Schmidt. She's great. Played by Alita Vali. Really good performance there. Uh, and she's like, oh my god, it's a mystery. Isn't that right, Orphan? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. That's correct. Shut up, Orphan. We're doing a podcast. You can't interrupt us. you got to interrupt us at the end or the start of the episode. Yes. That's the bits where you're allowed to be in here. God. Fucking Orphan. Pay attention to the format, Orphan. God. Yeah, Orphan. Pay attention to the format. I don't know what you're talking about, you blubbing C-section. Don't call us a C-section. Oh, my God. Fucking hell. Who raised this kid? Oh, no one. That's right. He's an orphan. Yeah, he's an orphan. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that whole C-section bit was entirely your fault. So. What do you mean, my fault? I should ask, hey, Orphan, what other swear words do you know? I can say shit, fuck, cunt, and pussy. Well, this episode's getting the explicit tags. <laughs> I didn't even get to the bit where I could swear. God fucking damn it. DM me. All right. Um, 
he's asking around and stuff. Uh, one of the guys who found Harry Lime's body is like, me and a friend found the body. But another guy is like, there was a third man who found the body. Mm. And that's where the title of the movie comes from. Yeah. Because what happens is revealed is like, there was a couple of witnesses. There was this whole thing. This guy died. Everybody thinks he's dead. But it turns out all the witnesses were people who knew the guy. Yes. And no one around, no, there was zero bystanders. Mm. Except for this one guy who wasn't actually there, but upstairs who just happened to be watching. Yes. And he didn't testify. Yeah, he didn't testify because he didn't want to be involved, but he accidentally let slip that he saw a third guy. Yeah. There was a third guy there. Everybody else is like, no, there wasn't third guys. There was only two guys. What are you talking about? You're crazy. Crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy old man. Oh, he's dead. Uh, immediately after saying that, the guy's like, oh, shit. I should not have said that. Like, he, he starts being like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't see that guy. You know, I didn't tell you anything. You know, like, he immediately tries to backpedal. But it's too late because, yeah. That guy, the I believe he's the porter yes. of the hotel nearby. He gets killed. He gets pushed out of a window. Yeah, Paul Horbiger is the is that is the actor's name. He's I love the porter. The porter was so good. That was so that was so much fun. And now Holly Martin's is like, oh my god, there's a third guy. He tries to get help from the police, but the police aren't doing shit uh, because the police have more information that they're not letting on. Because the police know that Harry Lyme, the guy who was dead was running a fucking dirty-ass scheme. A real dick scheme. And this made me immediately hate the character and wonder why anybody could ever like this piece of shit human being. <laughs> it's pretty shit. So he's running a scheme where he steals penicillin from hospitals, dilutes yeah. it, and sells it on the black market. Now, you might be thinking, aren't people in the hospitals going to need the penicillin? Yes. Children who are dying. Yes. And they are all dying. And at one point, even the, the colonel officer, a uh, great character, by the way, Fucking loved as him, we yeah. learn, um, guilt trips the main character by being like, yeah, one second, we're, we're going to do your thing. We're going to do your thing. But just before that, let me go into this hospital here where all these dying kids are yep. because of this person you won't help me capture. You know, let's have a look at these dying kids one second. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the colonel had a few few brains um, about him. Yeah, I loved because um, he's played by Trevor Howard and it's a great character where he's kind of the bad guy for the first half, but then that scene happens where he's like, all right, there's information I haven't told you, but here's what's going on. And you're like, oh, wait, this is the good guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, because, like, uh, you sort of... Uh, the movie projects onto him and you sort of project onto him that like sort of useless cop corrupt cop character yeah. that doesn't actually want to help or anything but there's there's reasons for this and the cops being very careful and they talk about this investigation that they've been doing because these these big crime gangs yes they have to take these slow and carefully so they can cast the widest net to catch all the bad guys not just some of them so, more mysteries, more mysteries and stuff and things. There's a great scene, which is the biggest plot twist in the movie, is Holly Martins is at Anna's house, and the cat doesn't like him. And she's like, that cat only ever liked Harry Lyme, rest in peace. And then a few minutes later, the cat goes out onto the street and seems to just really like the company of a random stranger. Oh my god. Harry Lyme faked his death. 
He faked his death. He's alive. Oh, my God. He's alive. And our main character sees him. And then Harry sort of just smiles at him like a cheeky, cheeky boy. And then he's like, holy shit, Harry. And then Harry fucking books it. Yeah. And that is fucking Orson Welles. It's Citizen Kane. Mr. Citizen Kane. What an incredible performance. Like, Orson Welles, I mean, obviously Citizen Kane is incredible, but, like, as an actor, he kind of became a bit of a joke near the end of his career because he was just kind of doing whatever he wanted to get money. And so he was doing a lot of, like, shitty projects and stuff. I think people forget how good of an actor he is because fucking every time he's on scene, he's likable, but you hate him. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's charming, but he's the fucking worst. <laughs> you hate this guy. <laughs> And it's interesting, I, I really wish they'd had a scene for the female lead, Yeah, where our main character was just sort of laid out why Harry was a piece of shit to her. Yeah. And then she being like, I don't care, I still love him, or something like that, you know what I mean? Because, like, there was a bit of tension at the end there, because she doesn't want them to capture Harry, even though Harry's a big piece of shit, because she loves Harry. Yeah. Also, earlier in the film, Harry was like, yeah, what's a few fucking kids, man? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Fuck him, you know? We're in a fucking carousel, a fucking... What are they called? Uh, what's the London Eye? Uh, the fucking... It's called the London Eye. Yeah, I know what the London... What is it? <laughs> the Ferris wheel of uh, Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel, thank you. That's you... a bloody Australian prank right there. That's what that is. <laughs> it's a fair. They're in a Ferris wheel. He points down at people. You see, look at all those little dots. You uh, you gotta tell me you care about these little dots. I'd be like, yeah, because they're people. You fucking psychopath. I love that scene though, where he's like, to get a hundred dollars, I'd kill that dot. And I'm like, fuck, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is a psychopath. He's totally a psychopath. He's a textbook psychopath. But like, it makes you also think about it, like. Would you kill that random dot for a hundred bucks? Yeah, and it's also kind of like you would? as well with it being no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm moving on with the the, with the I'm I'm adding a point on top of your point. <laughs> that's a classic Australian prank. Oh, you prank bloody bitch. bugger! Fucking you! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Larrikin. Oh my god! All right, calm down, Sandra. No need for that language. I know we're explicit, but calm down. We're in explicit territory now, cunt. I don't know. <laughs> I said that like an American. I felt dirty. He cunt. <laughs> um, so, like, there's a part as well where he's, like, is an interesting character because it's post-war Vienna. It's a city that's kind of been ravaged by war. Oh, yeah. People have to do what they have to do to get by as well. And, like, we know as well that Harry Lime, as a kid, they were really good friends. So he might have been an okay guy as a kid, but war kind of made, like, potentially war twisted his, like, worldview, made him a bit more of a psychopath. And oh, now he's absolutely. And this shit in post-war Vienna. That sort of stuff is really interesting as well. Or as a kid, he could have just been a piece of shit and you never really notice as a kid because what did he do? He socially manipulates. Mm. Maybe he gives you a th few dollars, like, you know, his, dad, his dad's a money man because he's also a psychopath and he owns an oil company and he gives you lots of money. And then you give that money to other kids and they're like, wow, you're my best friend. Yep. Obviously, because you gave me money and we get to hang out, we get to play games. But then you find out as an adult, they're just some psychopathic rich boy with a lot of money. And then they become president of the United States. Um, but, you know, like, it's, 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 it's a crazy thing. And um, we 
ourselves probably know someone who is a psychopath in real life. Oh, there's so many of them. Yeah, yeah. They're all film bros, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, which means our likelihood of knowing a psychopath is through the roof right Pretty now. Pretty high. There's probably a couple listening to us right now. Hey, yeah. psychopath. Hey, hey, psychopaths out there. Human emotions, am I right? Subscribe to our Patreon and we'll be your best friend. Let's go. Absolutely. Give me money. Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, there's this whole thing. The porter gets killed off. The guy gets blamed for this. He's getting taken around everywhere. Um, There's a funny scene where he gets, like, in a cab. And the cab, like, races to the book club. But he doesn't know where this cab is going. And the cab is going a million miles per hour. Oh, yeah. Like, he thinks he's been, like, kidnapped or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's this whole plot point where, like, as soon as he shows up in Vienna, there's, like, a guy who is hosting an author's monthly meeting and they are looking for a guest speaker. And it's kind of like a running joke throughout the first half of the meeting is him being like, you you got a lecture ready to go, right? And Holly's like, yep, I, I do. Done 100%. Yeah, it's very funny. And of course he comes in and uh, it doesn't go well. I liked as well, I think it's in the, that scene where they're at the amusement park. Um, Mr. Lime, he has a line, a very famous line, where he's like, in Italy, for 30 years under the Borgus, they had warfare, terror, murder, and bloodshed, but they produced Michelangelo, Leonardo da Vinci, and the Renaissance. I'm from Australia, by the way. In Switzerland, they had brotherly love. They had 500 years of democracy and peace. And what did they produce? The cuckoo clock. <laughs> now, this is a famous speech because they didn't make the cuckoo clock in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all a pile of shit. That's just a funny line. I like. I heard that line and I went, that's a funny line. I like that line. It's delivered very well. I will say one criticism that I have is during this portion where Holly knows that Harry is alive. Yeah. He kind of flip-flops maybe one too many times where he's like, I'll help the police. No, I won't. I'll help them. No, I won't. He kind of goes back and forth. Maybe just one too many times. I don't know. Hear, hear me out. I'm also torn mm. as to whether he should be torn. And whether the woman should be torn. And whether the woman should just get the fuck over it because Harry's a huge piece of shit. I mean, she doesn't really choose to help him. What happens is she- Well, she doesn't really have a choice because Harry won't talk to her. Harry's a big piece of shit and he's like, Ah, yeah, I had this fun with this woman, but I'm gonna ditch her even though she's fully in love with me. You know, I'm like, I didn't actually care about her, you know? Oh, he doesn't just ditch her. He tells the Russian- that she's one of the people they're looking for, and so they go after her. She's got a fake passport and shit, so they're like, lol, you're getting arrested and deported, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So he kind of fucks her life up. But there's a great scene where, like, she goes to see Holly at a cafe and is like, oh my god, I can't believe you. You're helping the police find Harry. And Holly's like, but I'm waiting here for Harry. You should stop yelling that in case Harry shows up. And what happens? Harry shows up and he overhears her saying that that Holly's working with the police and then he runs for it. And then we get a a chase scene through the sewers uh, to kind of end the movie, which was great. Okay, maybe this is the only only bit of the movie which I think has a little criticism. This This scene's a little long. The chase? Yeah, 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 yeah. This chase in, in specifically the sewers bit. It did it did it did build the tension though. It's got good tension. There's no soundtrack. Like for all the action scenes, there's like the weird like 90s sitcom music playing the entire time. But for 
this one there is no there's no soundtrack it's just really solid sound design like guns and shit it's good fun um you can hear every single person's footstep which i mean for 1949 that's pretty impressive i don't know i liked it but it did go on for like 10 minutes you're right yeah and it was a pretty good ending too because um i believe harry shoots the cop that we like the nice cop there, oh, yeah, he shoots the cop that everyone loves, and everybody goes, no, it's the good cop. Oh, my God, he was such a good boy. He even ordered, he died before he could read the author's book. Yeah. That's so sad. That's really tragic. And, uh, yeah, uh, also, Harry's a big piece of shit. Fuck you, Harry. Yep. You killed the cool cop guy. You suck, Harry. Yeah, fuck you, Harry. Hate your sh- shitty bullshit. How about you go murder some more kids, asshole? Well, he doesn't um, get a choice because he gets stuck. He climbs up a ladder, but he there's a grate. He's stuck. Yeah, I think I think he also gets shot in the like shootout with the good cop. Oh yeah, so he he's does. struggling to escape. Yeah, and then yeah, he gets stuck, and then uh, the uh, detective boy comes around, and uh, there's a tense scene where they look at each other, and there's sort of like an understanding in their eyes yeah there's like a knowing look and you're like is holly gonna let him go what is what is gonna happen what's gonna happen what's gonna happen it cuts away and then bang gunshot (gasps) oh my god and then you see holly like walking away and you're like did he shoot him did he pretend to shoot to let him go what happened what happened and then cut to the funeral (laughs) yeah he's dead there's no real ambiguity there but he's dead Unless, Sandro. Unless, well, it's the second funeral that we see from him, and in that first funeral, we know for a fact there was a different body in that coffin, which was a great yeah. fucking scene as well, where, like, the whole movie, they've been looking for one of the guys at the hospital that Harry was working with, and, like, they get the coffin up, they open it, and they're like, oh, there he is. Yep. That's the guy <laughs> we've been looking for. He's been missing Fuck. for two days, yeah. And that that's when the cop's like, oh, shit, there yeah. is shenanigans afoot. Yeah. And that's where the cop, like, flips to, like, telling everything mm. and being the good cop. So, yeah. That was a good part. It was a good part. But, Sandro, mm. hear me out. What if, in that end funeral, it wasn't Harry, but actually the good cop's body that they're burying. Or maybe, because he does die. But that wouldn't... But how would they get the good cop's body unless unless Calloway was also in on it? Unless Calloway wasn't told. I don't know. Calloway's kind of a fucking idiot. They got away with the first body, you know? Maybe they get away with the second body. Maybe. I mean... It would be pretty... Look, my theory falls apart here because obviously probably that cop's going to double-check the body. Especially might. if one of their own officers also goes missing. Yeah. But Sandro, what if it's actually the good cop and the lady doesn't know that it's actually Harry's still alive and he's out there and he's being a piece of shit stealing penicillin? Well, we'll talk about the TV spinoff in a bit, but... uh What?! Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. No. This movie did very... It made the equivalent of, like, 11 million pounds, which is, like, 20-something million dollars in the US. This was a very successful movie. Um, Very successful. And then we got the final shot, which is the best final shot we've seen this year. Fucking love it. Oh, yeah. Where... Holly is in the car with Callaway. They're going to the airport. He's finally going to be able to go back to America. But he's like, no, wait. There's Anna. I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to talk to her. Because now that she knows that that Harry was a bad guy, she's going to fall in love with me. So he gets out of the car. He waits for her. He waits on, like, the side of the frame. We Like, the whole frame is the street. He's waiting on, on the side. We watch, for, like, two minutes as she walks up the street. 
gets to the point where she crosses him. You think she's going to be like, hi, it's you? Nah, she just keeps walking. Yep. And then, <laughs> and then the credits start rolling as he just stands there and walks off. And I'm like, fuck, yeah, that's good. That, that, that was an ending. I was not expecting any of that ending. That ending was crazy. It was good. It was great. It was, it was good. I think this movie is really good. I, I loved it. Um, There's a bunch of other characters that we haven't talked about who were kind of like witnesses and stuff at the time. There's Yeah, oh, yep. There's the Baron. Mm. He's an old Baron man. And he and he and he's bull he's a Baron bullshittery. Mm. Because every time he talks to the guy, he's like, Oh, what are you talking about? There was only two people there, not three. Clearly that porter was merely mistaken. Anyway, I'm just gonna call this not a hitman to kill the porter. <laughs> uh, you, you have a good day now. No, don't listen to him. He was clearly mad, crazy, and didn't didn't do anything important. Yes. How about you go uh, uh, write a book, you fucking idiot. Fuck off. He's great. I loved his character. He was good. He he's was good. good. I liked the uh, the guy that he's working with, the quote-unquote second man. Yeah, yes. He's like sort of like a little bit Weasley. He's mm. like trying to trying to like uh, go up to the um the writer guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, all these things. He's really nice. He's really kind. But then you see off to the side, like when uh, the... Uh, writers talking about the mystery and digging into the deep so he gets really worried and panicked yeah he, he looks like oh he's doing stuff so we as an audience like oh what's this shifty guy doing he's doing some shifty shit he's a very sussy bucker that's right oh yeah well, we haven't talked about what what actually happened so my theory because we never see the scene where someone gets hit by a car and then two men no three men yeah. wink wink take him off the road it's the guy from the hospital right he got hit by the car yeah yeah and then yeah the third man was harry lime helping them carry him to the to the the place or whatever yeah yeah to the hospital or whatever it was yeah yeah yeah. oh absolutely there was the it was all set up yeah so that harry could pretend he was dead fake his death it was a big setup and they probably set up this guy who was their sort of snitch at the hospital. He was the scientist guy. Probably is like a fall guy. Maybe that guy was threatening to blab or whatever. Yeah. It was a classic mobster hit. Mm. Because, as we said, all the uh, witnesses that were there just so happened to be working for Harry. Yes. And so, yeah, they they kill this guy, put him in the grave, say it was Harry, and then Harry twiffs off. Yeah. Um, but uh, obviously it was this guy, and we sort of figure that out as time goes on, because the porter blabs that there was a third person, even though all the witness testimonies say there were only two people. There were only two people. Oh, yeah, and there's also Dr. Vinkle. He only gets one scene, but I like Dr. Vinkle. He was fun. He was a doctor, and he was like, I'm not a sus doctor at all. <laughs> I'm Dr. Vinkle. <laughs> No, it's a good it's a good cast of characters. Everyone's great. Everyone is incredibly sus as well. Even like yeah, Holly yeah. Martins, you're like, am I meant to trust this guy? He's the main character, but I don't even know if I trust the main character anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. Uh, this movie is very good at making you sus of literally everyone. Like the police guy who turns out to just be a, a good police guy. But, like, early on in the film, he feels like almost the bad guy. Maybe he's the one that ordered this hit, you know? Uh, we have this, like, porter. The porter won't tell the whole story. What's he hiding? What's he doing? Why is he hiding it? Well, he doesn't want to be pushed out a window. That seems fair enough. Oh. Pretty good reason. Oh. 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 When he gets pushed out of the window, we get the great scene as well where Holly walks up and the kid is like, 
He did it! Yeah, 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 yeah. This kid, this fucking kid starts screaming that this guy did it. And so good old Holly's wanted. Yeah. He's wanted by the police, except then he goes to the police and is like, hey, it wasn't me. That was a great scene. Like, the kid's just like, Papa, 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 he did it, he did it, Papa, Papa. Yeah, terrifying. And the movie is just like, it's filled with small stuff like that. Like, there's like a random point where the cops are trying to do a stakeout. Some old guy with like a bunch of balloons walks up and is like, bum a balloon. And they're like, fuck off. And he's like, bum a balloon. Yeah. And so the nice cop eventually buys one of the balloons. Yeah. There's also this grandma, <laughs> this like old lady character who runs the the sort of towers. Um, and when the main lead uh, girl has her house raided by the police, you have this old lady like running off. Her tongue in German, like "Mamma mia!" What a what the fuck is going? That's Italian. That was, but you know what I mean. Very Italian. Mamma mia! I'm a German old lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't fucking know German. <laughs> um, she, she's go, she's going at a million miles per hour, complaining about all these police going around, and then, and then the lady's like, "Give, give her a cigarette. Give her a cigarette. Yeah. Calm her down." Yeah, and um. She, like, he had a cigarette, and she's like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, she calms down a bit, which is funny. She is, I think they do three scenes with her as well, because there's also, uh, there's the cops twice, and then also the Russian cops at one point as well. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention. I don't think so. I think that's pretty much everything. Um, yeah. Again, I'm just, like, everything coming together, like, the cinematography being slightly different to everything that we've seen, the weird fucking soundtrack just being fucking weird. <laughs> it's just... Oh, absolutely. What do you think the soundtrack is? Like, do you think it's kind of bad on purpose? Do you think it's meant to be that kind of goofy? Because it's so different to what's happening on screen whenever the music's playing. I think I think that's what it is. It's not particularly bad or good. It's, like purposely made to be a bit different yeah but it works perfectly it works so well it does sound like you're on a hawaii beach (laughs) which is very sort of funny yeah but it it, i think i i like it it adds to this weird atmosphere where you don't know what's going on yeah and it's like this weird like upbeat sort of like do 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 as like oh yeah we're figuring out why this person is dead and why they're murdering children. Do-do-do, do-do-do, we're in Hawaii. Well, well, what happened apparently, like what apparently happened was the director was just in Vienna, went to a party, and there was a guy playing the instrument, and he was like, you should make the soundtrack for the movie. (laughs) That's great. That's apparently what happened. Hey, look, that's authentic then. That's as authentic as it gets. That's pretty Where you have a man from Vienna, a random man, just pull into the studio, do a thing. That's a way to make a soundtrack for your movie. It doesn't seem like he did any other soundtracks after this. Like, he played shows and stuff, but it looks like this is the only movie he made the soundtrack for, so that's kind of cool. But yeah, uh, it's a good, good fun movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I like it. Good fun time. That's all I gotta say. No closing words. What's your closing statement about this movie, Zach? Uh, don't fucking steal medicine from kids. That's fair. That's a bit fucked up. Oh my god, the scene where Harry is in the sewers. He's running from the cops, and he gets to a scene where there's like six doors 
in a circle. He's trying to figure out which door it's safe to go into, but because of the echoing, he doesn't know where the cops are coming from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's good. That's good. Uh, and you can see, you can see the panic. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. Because they, uh, I think everyone knows it, they've been authorized to just shoot him, which adds to the tension to the scene. Uh, not only for Harry, not only for the cops, but um, our main character as well, because he doesn't want Harry to be shot. As much as he hates him, he also likes him. He's his friend. So, yeah, it's very good. It's very good. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The American West. A place where our character as a nation took shape where dreams came true, where ambitions were shattered, and where legends were born. But above all, a place where ordinary people came looking for a new life and ended up doing extraordinary things. No one tells the story of the Old West better than author Rick Steber, and now there's a podcast dedicated to his stories and poems. It's called Writing the West, and in every 15-minute episode, you'll hear the stuff most history books left out, but that we can't afford to forget. If you want to hear the real stories of real people in the Old West brought to life, this is the podcast for you. Check it out on Spotify. That's Writing, W-R-I-T-I-N-G, The West, the stories and poetry of Rick Steber. Well, uh, we're going to do a remake, but before we do a remake, Zach, the franchise of The Third Man continued. Ooh. It continued with a one-hour radio play. Okay, I could see that. Uh, in which Holly Martin returns to do stuff. It's the same actor. No idea what it was about, but, you know, he did, like, an audio play because the character was popular. But they were like, actually, no. Actually, no. One character is more popular than Holly Martin, and that is Harry Lyme. So we got a prequel. Oh, yeah? Uh, It started off as a radio show, then became a TV show called The Adventures of Harry Lyme, which is a prequel... About about Harry Lyme and how he was somewhat of an anti-hero before he turned very bad. Ah, ah, I don't want to watch that. I hate Harry. I'm going to kill him. Fuck that guy. The, the radio show was that, yeah. And then the TV show, which is just called The Third Man, which makes no sense. Because in The Third Man, the TV show, Harry Lyme is an international private investigator. What? I don't know. Hey, well, maybe. Hear me out. Being a sociopathic killer, you learn to understand other sociopathic killers. Maybe. Uh, Maybe the actor who played Harry Lyme is just a very good actor and is very good at convincing people he's cool. Uh, They definitely could not afford Orson Welles to do five seasons. You're telling me they didn't even get Orson Welles to do this shit? 
No, it was a guy called Michael Rennie. He's a British actor. I'm sure he would be fine, but also I have no interest in this. Fuck you. I don't know why they made this. It went for five uh, seasons. It went from 1959 uh, to 1965. I don't know why, but they made it, and that's fucking great but instead (laughs) we're gonna make a remake we're gonna remake this movie into a modern day crime noir all right gonna recast it gonna do some stuff and things it's gonna be a fun time so sandro yes what what scenario do we want to have this in do we want to do this in the future i think i know i feel like we shouldn't make this a part of the cccu i think we should just do a nice little recasting oh you want to just make this film yeah i think we just update it i think we just remake it why there's no reason to, but because why not? Yeah, you 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 personally would like just a remake of this film in the modern day so that more eyes could be on this nice piece of film. I think so. And I don't think that it should be set in the modern day. I would keep it in no, 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 no. Vienna. Okay, but... all right, all right. We're just making a nice clean remake with a few different actors yes. because obviously the regular ones couldn't quite do it nowadays obviously no they're all dead zach Uh, aside from the kid the kid might still be alive actually well we could have him as a cameo if he's still alive we'll look him up he is still alive oh there you go there we go we'll have we could have him as the porter or just a cameo in the film that way he gets killed off i'm not gonna put him in the photo that we make because no one's gonna know who he is but no 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 no. that's why that's why i'm saying he makes a cameo because he's not an official character that's right i'm gonna start off with with the director i've got two directors who i want if you've got a director that you would prefer then 100 no no i have no preferences to directors whatsoever i hate them all well, uh, my first director is Jim Gamouche, who I think <laughs> yeah. would be a great guy. He, we've watched a movie that he has done. We watched his first movie on the podcast, which you didn't like, but I really enjoyed. Uh, Stranger Than Paradise. It was like the black and white movie, a deadpan comedy, and every scene was like a fade to black and then three seconds of silence and then you'd fade into the next scene. Uh, Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, that was Okay. He's got better movies. He's got much better movies. Um, okay. He did the one, The Dead Don't Die, which was an Adam Driver, Bill Murray, kind of like meta zombie comedy thing. I think his style could suit this. It could suit this. Maybe a lot of that dead air might get to me a bit much. Maybe you need to cut cut out on that so much. Yeah, his movies are very, not slow, but Artsy. dreamy. I, I would just des- I would describe dreamy as artsy is how I describe it. Well, then we should watch his movie Ghost Dog: The Way of the Samurai. <laughs> uh, that does sound that does sound excellent, actually. A dr- dreamy could work for this. Dreamy could work. I'm a little torn on that. What's your other option? What's your other option? My other option is a guy who, again, we've done a movie of his, Vim Vendors. He directed a bunch of good movies, but uh, The Wings of Desire, the angel movie from the 80s, he directed that. Oh, okay. Um, Wow. He is back. He's got a movie in the... He's got a movie in the Melbourne Film Festival coming up. Uh, Actually, I think that's this week by the time this episode comes out. He's got a new Mm. movie out. Um, He's good. He's really good. I like his movie Paris, Texas. I think he'd be a good director for this. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. Wow. Yeah, he's done a he's done a lot of things. Yeah. He has. He's he's a great director. I really like him. He is German as well. 
Yeah, oh, that that actually could add to this film a lot, you know, yeah. from a German director. I like him. I, I say we pick him. I say we pick him. All right, so recasting time. Who do you want to start with? Holly? Holly. Uh, he's the main character. Now, Holly, traditionally, it's a name for both men and women. Ooh. And those in between Ooh. could go. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Do a little swapperino. Do a little switch. Could do a swapperino, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. A bit of a swapperino. What do you reckon? Okay. But I have to propose to you, if we're swapping the main character. Yes. We need to swap the main character's best friend, the reason we're here in this movie, the person who died. I also want to gender swap them as oh well. Oh my god, we're doing a Ghostbusters. Everyone's changing from yeah. body mental <laughs> women, mate. Well, then what are we doing? What are we doing? Who's a who's a Holly? Who do you reckon could be a bit of a noir detective? Well, hear, hear me out. I was going to say George Clooney, but that's out the window now, you know. We could put George Clooney in as, like, the cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I think George Clooney just naturally fits into a noir setting, right? He does, actually. You're right. You it Just his whole demeanor, his, like, slur, he's like a calm business individual in any situation. So he could just fit in this wherever we want. He could be, like... The, the, the rich business... Uh, he could be the Baron. I like him as the Baron, actually, See, right? I was thinking Willem Dafoe as the Baron. Ooh, Willem Dafoe. I was thinking Willem Dafoe as the Baron. But we could have... Jo- I, I, I don't... I think George Clooney could suit either role. Absolutely. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, Willem Dafoe is a bit more like, oh, the wild Baron. Like, he's the he's a party Baron, you know? Mm. So, I, I like that. We could have that as well. Whereas George Clooney would have been more like the, like charming baron which i reckon he could be a charming cop yeah yeah okay i'm i'm down for that because okay. at the start he's more like a villain right yeah oh it's gonna be great in that scene where george clooney takes him to the hospital yeah to see all the dying kids oh yeah because george clooney would do that whole like smug but not smug but it's like oh no i'm just taking you to do this thing while we're here sort of thing and it's like all right george clooney you win that's good i really i like that a lot i think that's a really good idea yeah, so who are we who are we having in as our main character though? Bring it bring it back around. Ooh, not for Holly, but for Harry Lime. What about Penelope Cruz? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause she could do that whole like psychopathic villain. Yeah. Where she's like, ah, I don't care, look at that guy down there. Would you kill him for a hundred bucks? I would. Like, why not? You know? She could be very casual about it, you know? Yeah. Which I think could be fun. Absolutely, absolutely. I like it. My thought, either for, like, the romantic interest or uh, Holly, our main character, was uh, Reese Weatherspoon. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we gotta gotta have this, like, author vibe as well, right? You're right. That's, That's what I'm trying to think about here. Author, but also detective thing but she's into like western and there that's an american actor that is an american actor and and it could also be a good award vehicle for her she has won an award before but it was like fucking 20 years ago like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. people need to people need to concentrate more on reese witherspoon yeah i think reese witherspoon in like a yeah that that works really well and yeah the love interest i'm not i'm not i'm like we could get like Saoirse Ronan. She's always good. She's always really good. So in the movie, is she Russian? 
She is Russian in the movie, yes. So let's get a Russian actor. Ooh. Well, we could go for Mila Jovovich from all the Resident Evil movies. Oh, yeah, the main lead from that. Oh, yeah, yeah she's great. Is she Russian? Uh, she's from Ukraine. She's Ukrainian. Oh, well, you know what? You know what, Sandra? That might be better. I think that, that might yeah. be slightly better than doing Russian. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she, yeah, she's perfect. She'd do, she'd do well in that role. Yeah, and, like, she usually does, like, Monster Hunter, Hellboy. Uh, she's really good in The Fifth Element. I remember in The Fifth Element. I fucking hate that director, but that's a damn fun movie. Um, yep. <laughs> so I reckon she doesn't get much, like, I don't want to say serious roles, but she does a lot of kind of cheesy action stuff. I, I think it could, could be fun to get her in this. Yeah, I think this could be good. And I mean, we don't want it to be too serious, so, you know. That's a really all-star cast that we put together right there. Oh, absolutely. They don't really suit the director. I look at the director, and then I look at the cast, and I'm like, it's a bit of a juxtaposition here, but I think that makes it even better. Well, here's the thing. It could either be the the best movie ever made or the worst. Yeah. And there's those two options, and I'm leading towards the best. And we put these two together, and... Like, forcing them to work together has to produce this sort of different vibe, mm. this this strange thing, and I think that it could work well. I think you're right. Well, let's do that. That is our remake right there. Very cool. And that's the entire bloody episode. Thank you so much for listening this week on Oldie Buddy Goodie. I uh, hope you liked the episode. Bloody check the movie out if you haven't, by the way. It's a good one. Yeah, good movie. Check this one out. Uh, we, we are going to jump over to 1950 next week. We'll pick the movie in a second. But if you like the show, thank you so much uh, for liking the show, first of all. If you really like the show, thank you so much uh, for leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen to the show on. It helps get the show out in front of more people. We appreciate everyone who does that. If you do do it, send us an email, oldiebuddygoodypod at gmail.com. We'll give you a shout out on the show. Uh, we are also on Facebook and Instagram at oldiebuddygoodypod. And... Zach, this week on patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod, we're doing the Cage-a-rama. The Cage-a-rama? Nothing but Nicolas Cage movies. We're on our third month, the final month, and the second last episode is out on Wednesday, and Zach, it's of a childhood favorite of mine. Ooh, a childhood favorite. That's right. We've got to steal the Declaration of America. Declaration of America, you mean National Treasure? That's right, we review National Treasure. I don't I don't remember if I've seen that one before. I don't, I don't know if I've I've witnessed the the cinematic masterpiece that is Natural Treasure. So that that, that could be quite fun. But to be fair, I haven't seen it since I was a child and you haven't seen it at all. So I reckon that's going to be a pretty fun episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be pretty great. And uh, you can check that out. There's also ad-free episodes of the main show and they go up a little bit earlier up there as well. So check that out. Um, that's everything to mention, Zach. You're picking next week's movie from 1950, bringing us into the new decade. And it's an easy one. Normally, Sandro, we uh, show off some funny movies and then we pick the movie that we were going to do anyway. This week, it's easy. It's easy? It's easy. Yeah. I'm just going to pick Treasure Island. That we've already done Treasure Island. No, but this is the Disney one. It's even on Disney Plus. You can watch it now. I know. It's the one that I've already seen. I've seen it. I've seen it. It's a good one. Wait, you've seen this one? I haven't seen this one. Zach, you can't pick Treasure Island again. Think of the search engine optimization. Oh, shit, you're right. The search engine optimization. How about you pick... How about you pick Cinderella? Cinderella. Yeah, well, that's that, That's the other one. That's the boring one. I don't want to do the boring one. Although that one, obviously, 
is the obvious pick because that's on Disney Plus as well. Uh, well, <sighs> we could trick the search engine optimization and you could pick Cheaper by the Dozen, but not the one with Steve Martin. It's the one from the 50s. Oh, <laughs> is it? Good? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, it, I mean, it got remade, so it can't be that bad. Yeah, but Doctor Doolittle also got remade, and the original <laughs> Doctor Doolittle <laughs> is borderline unwatchable. So, <laughs> yeah, but it was popular, and that's all that matters. Also, it was great. You're wrong. No, I'm talking about the one from the '60s. Oh, and then no. it was Eddie Murphy, and then it was Robert Downey Jr. Uh, oh my god, that got remade <laughs> twice. Um, that's besides the point. We're talking about K drama. How about we do uh, Caged? What? Mm, caged? Yes. That'll, that'll trick the algorithms when we have multiple cage things. Ooh. A pregnant 19-year-old is sentenced to prison <gasps> as an accessory to robbery. Mm, to robbery. Oh, you could do a movie that I have seen before, a bit of a madcap comedy starring the main guy from It's a Wonderful Life, which you enjoyed Ooh, for some reason. I did, I did enjoy that because that's a good movie and you're wrong. You should pick Harvey, which is about a man he's deemed insane when he has conversations with a six-foot rabbit. But maybe the six-foot <laughs> rabbit isn't just in his imagination. Maybe there's an actual six-foot rabbit following him around. Oh, my God. I've seen this as a kid, and I went, what the fuck? Yeah. That's what I remember doing. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like there's the whole weird time travel plot, and the guy, like, kills himself, question mark? Or doesn't kill himself. Oh my god, you're fucking and then right. Get hits by a, and then he gets hit by a plane engine. Did Donnie Darko ins- <laughs> was that inspired by? <laughs> oh my god! I can't believe you didn't connect the dots there. Have you seen the the pictures of Harvey the Rabbit? Have you looked it up? No. What what is this movie? Harvey, have a look at the pictures. I want to capture your your horrifiedness in audio. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god, it is the Donnie Darko rabbit! Oh my god! That is terrifying! Anyway, don't Jesus pick that movie, it's not very good. Christ. Very oh my god! That is terrifying! It's just this random movie my parents made me watch when I was a kid. I did, it's not scary, but I just like to bring it up sometimes. I'm like, there's a movie with a giant rabbit that follows a man who's crazy. I don't even have a good follow-up. I was just gonna mention, like... Some French movie. Yeah. Because it, it follows a romantic sword fighter guy and he has a funny nose. <laughs> like he has an elongated nose. Although he is proud of his bulbous proboscis that he regularly duels those who dare mock it. <laughs> that sounds kind of fun, actually. Yeah, it looks like a fun sort of time. But Sandra, mm. I'm going to take us on a little different path today. Oh, a different path. You know, we've, we, we're we trying out new things these last weeks. This week we did a bit of a noir film. Mm, British noir. British noir sort of thing, innit? <laughs> Which is, we're branching out. We're trying different things. Fa- very famous noir stuff around this time. Mm. But you know, there was other cinema going on. Not just British. <gasps> not just American. Oh my god. But there were other different sort of films. And we've done... Um, sort of that line in the past with um, you remember Sandro Pulse? <gasps> that was one of my favorite movies last year. Yeah, it was garbage, but you really liked it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Pulse was good. Pulse was good. And on that note, I want to move over to that side of cinema once <gasps> again. We're going to Japan. To Japan, yes. I am going to pick uh, Rush Omon. Oh my god, you're going for a Kurosawa movie? 
a Kurosawa movie. Yes, no one was expecting this pick. I mean, Rashomon is very popular, but oh my god, you're picking a Rashomon. I know, I'm picking a normal movie and also like the inspiration for the modern, modern sort of hero. Very influential movie. I've heard of this movie before. That's right. Because of its effect on cinema. Yeah, it's a good movie because it, it, like, it's one of those ones where it it shows many different uh, perspectives of a particular event. Um, kind of like a hoodwinked. It's a hoodwinked. Yes. Mm. It's, it's an ancient Japanese hoodwinked. Except it's not for kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very much so, but also very cool and very, very different from some of the other ones. I like this, like, experimentation. It's It's been fun. Well, I mean, we were always going to cover a Kurosawa movie. I wasn't sure if we'd do Hidden Fortress, because that's the Star Wars. Yeah. I wasn't, sure if, I wasn't sure if we would do Seven Samurai, which is uh, the Magnificent Seven. Uh, yeah, Seven Samurai was, was up there in my consideration, actually. But no, you're going early, and we're doing Rashomon. Yeah. All right. I, I want to see this one. I want to see this one. I want to see what it's all about, because I think I've seen parts of Seven Samurai. Yeah. Whereas I haven't seen anything really about this. So I want to I want to I want to dive into it. I want to slurp it all up. That sounds like a fun time to start the 1950s. We'll do that next week. And that's the episode. There we go. We did an episode. We did a podcast. That's it. I would say it get easier every time, but it doesn't. I'm a liar. No. I actually hate the viewers and I hate the stupid podcasts. And I hate movies in general. Like this movie it was garbage. You're saying that it gets hard every time. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to reveal this this early on, but hey, uh, at the end of September, we're taking a two-week break. Way! So it's a good thing that that you're getting tired, Zach, because you're going to have to keep getting tired until we take a break in two months. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. We're just doing a short two-week break. Don't worry about it. Don't bloody ask me questions, buddy. Yeah, don't fucking question him, all right? Don't question Fuck him. off. <laughs> Anyway, you got to skedaddle out of that body of that guy who had that long-winded story about a cow or some shit. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was weird. I don't know what, what that was all about, but it was an interesting bit of history, I guess. That was a th- real thing that happened in real life. I ha- ha- have never heard of that of that cow before in my life. Uh, yep. I love it. I love it. It's one of those, it's one of those trends, right? It's like uh, what's happening right now. Um npc streaming mm-hmm. in 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 two years three years it's it will be something that someone brings up and you go oh yeah that was a thing that was a you thing know? yeah like no one will remember in 20 years no one will have any idea what you're talking about <laughs> wait hang on a second this whole time i thought that it was just zach and i recording but there's a third man or should i say child over there it's the orphan orphan does that mean my mummy and daddy are fucking dead? Sorry for swearing, my normal child. Well, yeah, he's been there the whole time. Remember in the middle of the podcast when you in- inserted him randomly? You're right. Hey, what's your name again? I've forgotten. It's almost like you're lost to history. It, uh, um, B- Bill March. Bill March? I've got a question for you, Bill March. Oh, yeah? Go shoot. I want to make a movie about your cow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How much am I getting paid? Nothing. Well, I'm out immediately. <laughs> Get in the fucking portal. Get the hell out of my property. You've been here far too long, and I don't take kindly to bodily possessions, sir. 
How do these Hollywood producers do it so easily? I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to exploit this man for his life story. He's not letting me do it. Unbelievable. That sounds political, and I will not have you being political on my property, sir. Get, get on out of here. Oh, no. The cinematic space in this in this timeline is perfectly fine. We barely have any Nazis left. That's okay. I'm going to go talk to the cow. Hey, cow, do you want to star in a movie about your life? The cow's on strike. For fuck's <laughs> sake, I can't exploit anyone. <laughs> it's funny political satire. That's what I'm doing right now. Uh, I'm going to politically sat somewhere else, I think. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> 